ready to keep you company wherever you are. Carte Blanche, the podcast, brings you immersive, hard-hitting stories anytime, anywhere, every week. Welcome to another episode of the Whole Week Wrap with the Daily Maverick. Coming your way in this week's wrap. Sona's done and dusted, but the DA's kicking up dust. Could a Minister of Electricity fix our load shedding problem? Serial talks about the solar revolution. Chat GPT, it's Massa versus the machines. And we tip our hats to gift of the givers. So stick around, we have lots coming your way. Welcome to another whole week news wrap. Ferial, thank you so much. So much to talk about. Are you sonored out yet? Masa, I'm completely sonored out. I think there were a couple of surprises in the president's speech. And of course, what's becoming performative drama almost every year now with mm. the EFF we know is going to disrupt. I've been calculating in its first years of disruption, things would go on for perhaps an hour or so. The time's coming uh, down. It was 45 minutes, but mm-hmm. a much sharper attempt to overrun the podium. I think that story is going to be with us for some weeks. It definitely is going to be because what we saw happen is a, a failing opposition, in my view across the board. What the EFF did honestly embarrassed themselves more than anything. At this point in our political landscape, the opposition needs to watch the governing party score own goals and not assist them in scoring their own goals too. Going up on the podium and trying to disrupt this, they have become a one-trick pony when it comes to Sona. It was fascinating the first few times that such a big occasion can be disrupted in this manner, but it's ineffective in 2023 because the State of the Nation Address continued with or without them. So what did that achieve ultimately? I think now, like you say, people are getting tired of it. I was watching on social media and there was almost no support for what the EFF did. I did think, and I'd love to hear your views because you were in the house, that maybe the speaker was a little bit too fast to call in security forces because you have to be very careful of not securitizing your parliament and Mm. allowing in security forces. It felt to me like the parliamentary security, the white shirts, that they did have it under control without that SWAT team having to come out in the way that she called them and as quickly as she did. Love to hear your views. Obviously, at Sona, there's always a heavy police presence and there's always like a heavier security measure. The Speaker of the House was getting a lot of flack, not only from the opposition benches, but from her own side too, because the ANC MPs were saying to her, deal with this now, deal with it, even before. And there was a point when she said, meaning, leave me. This is my mess to sort out. Because the MPs, the ANC MPs were saying, are you going to allow this mess? Are you going to allow this mess? And she said, and my mess. It's my job to make sure that there's no mess here. Leave me. So she was battling not only just the opposition, but her own party members as well, you know, and got so flustered at some point, you know, forgot people's names and, you know, honorable whatever. (laughs) Um, But from being within that proximity, I do believe that it wasn't completely unwarranted and, the Presidential Protection Service 
was needed because when the EFF got onto the podium, it was unprecedented. But I don't want us to focus too much on the EFF sure. because I think that's also what they wanted out of that's this. True. When I'm saying also that from across the board, the opposition is just failing because I was also disappointed in the Democratic Alliance to flip-flop in the way they have about the state of disaster. It's silly. We've got articles from less than six months ago saying take the Democratic Alliance advice and declare a national state of disaster. And before 24 hours had set after that thing was declared, they've already said, we're going to challenge this. This is awful. Which I mean, teaches us there's no strategy. No, so it, it was really interesting that even as before the president had finished his speech, that press release came to us over WhatsApp saying that the the DA has already briefed council, which meant that was their strategy. Obviously, all of us then called up that press release from November 2022, mm-hmm. where the DA in fact asked for a state of disaster. They're saying they asked for a ring fence state of disaster around ESCOM and not the national state of disaster, which we are now in. We've yet to see the regulations to understand what it means for our lives, what it means for electricity. And your thoughts on a new Minister of Electricity? (laughs) Yeah, um, you know, Masa, that really was um, a surprise. I had been reading with great interest in the week. That's the sharpest four-page letter that the business community had written to the president. And in there, they looked at the characteristics of what a good cabinet is. And then they said, these five portfolios are vital for our country and they're vital for business in our country. And one of them was they said, you actually have to separate out the minerals and energy portfolios because they work against each other and it's too much power in the hands of a single minister. So I do think that somewhere along the line, the president got that message very carefully. He's now going to appoint a minister of electricity and that person will sit in the presidency along with the minister in the presidency, Mondli Gungubele. So that presidency is becoming a big and powerful thing and something that we have to watch. I'm very interested to see how are you going to have this kind of tripartite grouping of ministers responsible for energy, responsible for ESCOM. How will they job descriptions and their portfolios differ because you've now got Gwede Mantash, you've got Praveen Godan mm. and a new incoming Minister of Electricity. So I think that could either be Park Stau um, or Sishle Zikalala, probably the former rather than the latter. Absolutely. It, it's really going to be a tough job with the way you look at it. But what I also find interesting, and it is encouraging that something is being done, I must say, you know, it's yes. not that it was just an announcement, but something is being done. The president has put this time a six month deadline where we should see an easing. I'm not, a, I didn't at all hear him saying that load shedding will end. But the easing of of the horrific impacts that we're seeing right now, he said by August we should see an easing. So that's something we must definitely all keep our eyes on and sharp focus on. Well, we'll keep our eyes and ears open and peeled for the next on that. Let's talk about Satu's statement on the increase of violence in schools quickly. I mean, I've seen some of these videos that have gone viral online and the violence in schools is insanely scary from teachers on learners learners on learners it's just it's so dangerous absolutely is you know my friend is a teacher and one of the reasons she she left johannesburg was because she 
experienced violence at the school and that story is multiplied so very many times it is one of those quiet crises that that shouldn't be and every time we see these incidents there's a shocked response such as what we see now but i do think that the studies and also prevention work to be done because the schools cannot be such sites of violence as, as they have become I don't know how they're going to instill the security that's needed in a school because it's supposed to be like a safe haven. Parents drop off their children there and they are supposed to be under the guidance and safety of some sort of an authority, which is the school. But when we're having school kids bully other school kids to the point where they're committing suicide, just the incidents that have happened only in 2023 alone, and we are only in our second month, it's scary. It's really, and that's why I think you see the move to homeschooling for those parents who can really accelerating at pace, Masa. Need a pick-me-up? It's time for some more green shoots as Ferial and Masa tell us some good news. So Ferial, please school us on this one because if you are anything like me prior to two weeks ago, (laughs) I was living under a rock and I didn't know about something called chats. GPT? You didn't? Can I tell you what I had to read up and read up? I was like, oh, have I been living under a rock? <laughs> I thought it was um, some Houting province chatbot service. Yeah. <laughs> Educate us, please. Oh, I must say this is the talk of the town in the Daily Maverick newsroom. Our CEO, Stilly has begun playing with ChatGPT. I mean, I think all of us are considering doing news summaries, using it, um, asking questions and beginning to play with it. I saw a piece this morning, Masa, which said, not so fast, journalists are not going to be replaced by chatbots that quickly, any other number of services as well. But I do think when watching and seeing how quickly this phenomenon has caught on, I think that it's one of those massive changes, a cultural revolution or an information revolution of, of just in a, a different order. Although I see that BARD, which is, I think, the Google response is, it isn't doing that well, but it's also very, very new. So these things take a while to begin knowing the right answers. Kind of definitely keep my eye on this. It's just amazing where technology is going. Imagine being written by ChatGPT, Masa. I cannot imagine that and I, I shut I am terrified of that idea because I'm such a control freak. <laughs> I'm such a control freak that I am a believer of DIY <laughs> when it comes to writing especially, not so much in the household. <laughs> uh, can I just tell you a scary thing? Please do. Your producer has just flashed up a thing so they tried the script writing and it worked very, very well. Really? <laughs> Don't knock it. Don't knock it until you try it. <laughs> Maybe I need to try it. So um, I've started an energy solutions newsletter just because it's part of my mission this year to look for solutions to, to think of green shoots. So the part of the speech that I think is really good is that very clearly there are talks behind the scenes to begin crafting tax breaks for people to install their own solar. So yes, this works for people who are working because that's how you access the tax breaks. But what's also really exciting is an article in the Daily Maverick by David Everett, who's the head of the School of Government, 
there's a wonderful project and his argument is is that if we roll out solar onto the various informal settlements you could create the solar revolution which we've been speaking about for weeks now where if last year for example we mitigated a full stage of load shedding through the installation of solar if we do that at scale we could take out five stages of load shedding which would take away the worst pain oh, wow. and these darkest moments that you're speaking about and what i loved about david's article is that there are methods of doing it because if you look at a rollout in nairobi if you look at parts of uganda we can do this all we need is the right kind of thinking at city and provincial level to do so so that's something that i'm going to be following very carefully and also listening out for the budget speech where i think we're going to see the detail on how uh, businesses and residents can claim back a portion in tax of your spending on the installation of solar i think that was actually one of the positive points as well that came out from the state of the nation address and it just reminded me of what we seeing the de- devastation in turkey and the earthquakes and how that government has also changed things around in terms of tax and tax laws so that business can survive because when there are unprecedented times you need to act in a way you wouldn't ordinarily i must um, say my my eyes have been glued to that story all, all oh. week the human devastation something else. It is something else and when you see those visuals of people who are being saved and the children especially who are being saved out of that rubble and been trapped it's goosebumps and it's heartbreaking and we're seeing international relations come together in times of crisis as usual. I mean yes. Turkey and Greece don't have the greatest of relationships but Greece is one of the countries who's now providing aid and I'm so proud of South that Africa. That is beautiful. And South Africa sending gift of the givers. Yes. I'm so proud of us because we have our own crisis as well but this reminds us that every crisis is important and we need to hold each other up. And Absolutely. South Africa is giving the little bit that we have gift of the givers honestly is our gift to ourselves and the world. Absolutely that was another big green shoot. You know um our thoughts prayers and everything light goes to the people who are suffering in Turkey and of course to us as we champion this i hope that our new state of disaster doesn't mean i'm not going to be able to get bunny's chicken <laughs> yes and i quite like my sandals and i hope the minister yes. of light brings light absolutely and that is just the positive way i want to end this off thank you master <laughs> Thank you so much. Catch you again next week, Ariel. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Catch us again next week for another whole week wrap. Until then, why not join the conversation on Twitter, Facebook, and everywhere else? We always love hearing from you.